Hello and welcome back to the Attacking 2 podcast. I'm your host, Andy Martin, and you know already, my fellow host is Jimmy Funnel. And today on the Attacking 2, we are joined by plenty of attacking talent in Nini FC and Christian from the All-American podcast. And we're looking forward to uh, a good quarter of an hour talk where we have certain issues to talk about, like our victory away at Brighton, then uh, the 2-2 at Vidi in Hungary, um, the youth utilization that happened there. That was, I think, a really delightful point of that game. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, the next half to quarter of an hour um, with these guys. So there remains only one question for you, I think. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yes, we do start with a little plug uh, for these guys. Um, we are today joined by Ed Nini on Twitter and at All American CFC on Twitter. You can find these guys under these handles I just said. You can also find these handles and the handles of myself and Jimmy in the description below. Okay, that concludes that, and we can jump straight into our conversation. Um, maybe starting off by the more, more recent game of these two, um, we won 2-1 away at Brighton, and I said on the podcast last week, this is going to be a hard game, because there was only one team that went to Brighton this season and came away with a win, and that was Manchester City. All the other teams drew or lost there, um, and I thought, all right, 2-1 would be the, the perfect result for us to get. You can even listen to that. I, I was, I called it, I called it, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. a little bat on my <laughs> own back. But um, what were your thoughts uh, ahead of the game? Uh, maybe starting with Nini here. Did you think we can get away with a win there? Um, yeah, to be honest, I felt quite confident about the win. Obviously, last season, you know, we flashed them, Hazard was on fire. I was expecting Hazard to be on point in this game today. I mean, I was guessing that Sari was going to use that strikerless front three. And I think for me... The most interesting thing was, was um, you know, seeing how Hazard was going to play in that game. Because, of course, you know, realistically, when he's played up front before, he's been used more as like a, a false target man compared to actually being used as, as a false nine. And I think that game against Brighton yesterday was, uh, was the first time we've really seen Hazard play in that role properly. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was very exciting to see. And I just think that if Sarri continues with this tactic and really develops it even more. I think that it's going to really add another dimension to our game. Mm, that was more or less the question ahead of the game. Is it a one-off that, that Hazard played against um, Manchester City as a striker, or is it a regular thing? Um, now, Christian, do you think that is now um, our main system that we want to play, and do you like Hazard as the number nine striker for us? Uh, do I think that that's the main system that we're going to play? We have to. With our strikers just not uh, performing with Morata pretty much. I would assume right now Morata has uh, half of his bo house boxed up already, ready to move to wherever he's going to be uh, transferred out to. Um, he's got to know that his time is done. Um, and with Giroud, better, it seems like he's better suited coming off the bench. I think... Hazard playing the number nine is like where we're stuck at right now. Do I like Hazard playing there? I, I haven't come up. I haven't. I haven't fully made up my mind uh, there yet. I just like seeing Hazard on the ball. I like him cutting in. I like him um, having the. I guess having the ball as much as possible. And with him at at the striker position, he doesn't have the ball as much as he would as on the wings. But it's effective. It's effective. I just like Eden Hazard on, on the field at all times. I, I I quite honestly, I don't care where he lines up. As long as he's on the field, I feel good. I feel good. So do I like him as a striker? Uh, and should we keep him as a striker? I don't know. I really don't know. But, I mean, I'd rather have him there than not. I'd rather have him there than Morata. I'd rather have him there than Giroud. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Yeah, makes perfectly sense. And as you said, he's effective in that position. Obviously, delivering an assist and later that goal, uh, the 2-0 that 
more or less looked like we had this game done and dusted. Obviously, it was a little bit more complicated than that, and Brighton came came um, back with a with a goal, obviously in the second half. Uh, but Jimmy, what do you think? Um, was it kind of like the perfect game in the first half for us? Also, uh, Alva, um, sorry, uh, Marcus Alonso hitting the post could have been three nil, and it could have been over by by half time. Um, do you think that was down to maybe a tactical change or was it just the perfect way to play Sarri ball? What did make the difference for you? Well, um, <clears throat> to be perfectly honest, I don't think Brighton actually expected Sarri to play with Hazard down the middle. I think they were thoroughly expecting Olivier Giroud. Uh, I think most of us were, to be honest, because uh, I would have expected him to... Uh, go with Olivier because of the physicality that that Brighton uh, defence normally uh, shows. I mean, Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk are some good defenders, you know, decent defenders, and they are very physical. Same with uh, Leon Balogun, who came from Mainz. So you would have expected, uh, sorry to start with Giroud, at least I did, um, also in our preview. Uh, but, you know, he, he he went with Hazard. It, it came off. Um it was a good first half. I mean, there were a few things which one could address and say, yeah, we could have done that maybe a bit bit differently or a bit better. But generally, you know, we were efficient. Uh, we played some good football. Hazard's, uh, or generally the team's pressing work very well. I like Hazard in that nine, number nine role, but I, I agree with what Christian says. It's more a necessity at the moment than anything else because we don't really have another choice. Morata you'd expect him to be going. I mean, sorry, not even putting him on the bench does say a lot. Uh, I know you could say tactical reasons. Yeah, I only want one strike on the bench, but he does seem as if he could go on loan in January, um, get you know get his confidence up at some Italian club, then maybe come back if we do have a transfer ban. You never know. Um, but yeah, I think that's the way to go uh, with Hazard as the number nine, if he likes it or not. You know, if he's going to leave, then who cares? If whether he likes it or not, if not, then you know he got he's got his mate Mertens who might not have liked it initially, but he's now one of the best strikers, or he was at least last season one of the best strikers in Europe. So I think it will pay off uh, in the long term for Chelsea. Yeah, it would make perfectly sense, obviously, to maybe acquire a striker such as Adrice Mertens in winter. I guess Mertens is not very happy at the moment at, at um, Napoli, not playing the full minutes and Milik maybe being ahead of him. But anyway, that's that's talk for later because then we're going to speak about uh, transfers. Um, but I want to address maybe our league situation at this moment as we talked about a good win away at, um, at Brighton. When we look at the table now, Arsenal, um, they are off there unbeaten streak that went on for I think three months now uh, with obviously that that loss away at at Southampton that puts us three points ahead of them we're still behind Tottenham though um, Manchester United falling apart at the moment I don't think they are anywhere near us um, but is it a case of now that we have maybe clinched our momentum back and, and lots of games ahead um, the Christmas period up for yeah many many points up for grabs there um, is it the case of when we get through there it, with maybe not even a loss or maybe just one and picking up a good amount of points, that we are ha- we we are having top four maybe maybe almost secured after that. What what would you reckon, um, Christian? I think we do have to. It, see, the thing is, it's so it's so difficult to 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 like kind of pin down what's going on. I mean, like Manchester City looked invincible. Uh, they looked like they were going to walk away with the league already, and, not, and 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 we all know that whoever is in first place by Christmas time kind of walks away with the league. So I, I don't know. I just feel like the top four is still maybe a little bit. I wouldn't say up for grabs. I wouldn't say too much that, but I definitely feel like the top four um, might not settle in uh, just yet. I, I'm sorry, guys. I keep having this weird feeling that you remember when Manchester City won the league the last time uh not last year but the year before that they won they were in third place they were in third place the last month of the season is it me or do you guys feel like that that could happen for us (laughs) you know what I'm saying like nobody thought that Manchester City was gonna we, we if you guys think back think back and this is why I keep like like I keep like the top four is it really like 
yeah, it's pretty secure, but we've seen crazy things happen before. Think back to that season. Petrček gets hurt the last four games of the season. If it wasn't for that injury, in my opinion, we walk away with the league. Mm. But he gets hurt. Well, well, um, that's a good question. I, I'll you put know it what to I'm you. saying? Like, yeah, of like, course. Like, I- anything. I feel like we're so certain. The top four is this, and that's it. The 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 team, you know, Liverpool's winning. That's it. Uh, Manchester City is winning. That's it. Really though, we've seen crazy things happen, and I and I just keep getting this feeling like we're gonna be the third place team, and then something's gonna happen. Yeah, uh, well, that's 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 a really good question. Um, I'm I'm putting it to you, Nini. Here, uh, do you think there is more to happen this season, or is it just get the top four? And we will be happy about that. I'm, I'm sure we will be happy about that. But is there maybe something more to happen? What do you think? Mm, I mean, um, that depends on how opposition teams handle Man City. I kind of feel that a lot of times, you know, they have the wrong approach against Man City, very defeatist tactics, and they, you know, plays into their favour. Um, I think when we beat them, we kind of gave a bit of a blue uh, blueprint. And before that, Leon did. Hopefully, teams will try to press them a tiny bit more like what they were doing to us uh, during the past few weeks. But I don't know. I mean, normally I'm very, uh, I feel I'm very optimistic. But I feel like I need to be realistic now in this case. And I'm thinking, let's be serious. We're going to lose a few more games before the season ends. Most likely in the league and in other competitions as well. I don't know if we can close that gap. And I don't know if Man City will lose a lot of points in the league. Because I think that um, they've got so many advantages so far going in their favour. I don't know. I think personally, if we get, uh, you know, top four finish, I think that if we can win a trophy this season, and as long as we're not like, you know, 15 or 20 points behind Man City by the end of the season, I think it would have been a very successful first term for Sari. And that's how I see it right now. Now that we have a lot of games coming up in the next weeks, um, that will obviously be a decider for the league or where we are heading if we have to kind of look down to the Arsenal's, the Manchester United, so if we can actually keep track with the Liverpool's and Manchester City's of this this league. But um, now that we play uh, Bournemouth in the upcoming week and um, we maybe have to utilise our squad even more because our squad isn't big and Sari hasn't done it and when he hasn't done it, we always look quite bad. Um, maybe a look into the past will provide us with some good ideas for the upcoming games. And when we look into the past and a game that maybe stuck out for us as Jimmy and myself went there to to Hungary and we're actually looking for these young players to get games. And for once it happened that um, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ampadu got their games. Callum Hudson-Odoi playing for 90 minutes. It was a joy to watch. In the, at the end of the day, it was a 2-2. But still, do you think the utilisation of um, the youth in that game was maybe something that is going to occur more often in the future, Jimmy? What do you think? No, it, it was great to see the both of them on the field against uh, VD. But, he, you know, if you look at the first few games where we weren't guaranteed to uh, top our group, he didn't do that. No, had Colin Hudson I was only sub at best and he's never really getting in the squad he didn't get in the squad in the league on Sunday where you'd expect him maybe to come in as we didn't actually have a winger uh, on our bench so what's what you know there's not necessarily reason for optimism that that will change anytime soon especially with those articles slash news stories that came out the other week about Guardiola and uh, generally, sorry himself also believing that it's better to go on with this season or end it with only 14, 15 players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I doubt, I highly doubt that Hudson Adai will be part of those plans for now, which will, of course, have repercussions on his uh, contract situation. So it's all a bit of a, a clusterfuck in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I yeah. don't know, though, like with this Hudson Adai situation. I think what frustrates me a bit is the fact that I think we, we can all agree that the guy's a very talented player. When mm. he plays too, he looks like he's very mature. I mean, how often does he lose the ball in the final third? You rarely see him making mistakes, really, when you analyse this game. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to stick it on Willian. I don't really agree with some of the hate Willian gets. But if you wanted to use him as a comparison, how many times do you see Willian making sloppy mistakes or... Losing easy, easy possession of the ball sometimes. I know that Hudson has always played against very easy teams, but his application has been very good. And 
I don't know. I'm just waiting for Sari to just, uh, I don't know, be a bit braver. And I'm not saying that he should start every game, but I think that with Hudson-Odoi, he should be coming on for the last 15 minutes of games. I think that he should be getting at least maybe, let's say you get four games in a month. I want to see at least two of those games where Hudson-Odoi is coming on as a sub for the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, would would make sense at least, and I, I think we also need to do it, regardless of whether he Sari wants to do it. I think that there is need, of course, if you play in the rhythm of uh, three games, um, like uh, a game in three uh, days, every game uh, obviously counts to three points, and we need to pick up as much as as possible. Um, now, Christian, do you think? Um, if there is necessity, and obviously there is necessity to utilize the squad, um, and Sari might not be prepared to do so, uh, is it maybe a bad sign for us for the future to come that we we might look a little bit burned out after three games within six days, and then uh, when the new year comes, there is obviously the, the rhythm goes on. Um, do, do you think he will switch to a more diverse way to to you to utilize our squad, or is he still uh, very much in that mind to pull down on the same 11 every every other game and maybe we lose our grip a little bit. What do you think what, what's going to happen? Uh, well, well, I, I personally, in, before the season, my opinion, um, I think I even shared it with Nini. There's no reason. We have enough talent. We have enough guys yeah. on this squad that there's no reason why we don't have a Premier League 11, why we don't have a Europa League 11, FA Cup 11, a Carabao Cup 11. If for every competition, we have enough guys that make up an 11. Um, you know, I shouldn't need... We, we, we go on and on about... Uh, for those people that are like, oh, Callum hudson Adoy, he loses... The, he, he, he They criticize his play. Well, I see Pedro in these games as well. I see William in these games as well. I see all these guys that are a part of the Premier League 11 playing in these Europa League games as well. When, you know, it's not like we, we're throwing on Danny Drinkwater and Victor Moses that hasn't played all all, all year or have played limited. These guys uh, have been, uh, the, the guys that they're throwing on are, are, are normal guys. They play in our, our Premier League 11. So in my opinion, we have a big enough squad that we can rotate. Do I, now it's what you're asking me, what do I think Sorry is going to do? I, I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know because you, you, why was William playing? William played him against Vidi, did he not? Yes, he did. And and Why? Did, yeah. why? why was William playing in that game? And then he had to play against Brighton this weekend. Why? That game was 100% secure. There's no reason why he couldn't throw on Victor Moses. I think it was a waste of a game. Uh, yeah, I think he was. Okay, he so, was throw, so, so, right, yeah. so so throw somebody else in. We, our squad is big enough. Yeah, our squad is big enough. You know. You know what though? I personally feel. I mean, let's be serious. At the start of the season, Sari really wasn't rotating that much. I think there was a, there was a stat saying that he'd only used like fourteen players in the league. I think recently in December, he's been a lot more lenient in terms of you know starting to use some of the squad. I know he's not doing it. Uh, using it as much, you know, guys like Emerson haven't played yet. You know, Christensen isn't getting as much game time. But I think we're slowly starting to see that. And I think if there's one positive thing that tells me, I think it tells me, I think it tells all of us actually that the team is starting to understand what Sari Ball is about. And I, and I think Sari said this himself. I think when he was referencing Pep Guardiola, he was stating that, you know, from what Pep said that, um, you know, when you introduce like new methods to a squad and a team. You have to stick with the first team for a while before you can start using other players. I mean, I can understand that mentality a bit. It's like, you know, how can I introduce all these other players when the first 11 don't even know how to do my do my football properly, you know? So um, I think the fact that Sari's starting to slowly rotate a bit more is a very positive thing. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can completely agree with that. I'm just a bit, a, a bit afraid of... Uh, when we're sitting there, maybe at, at after the Christmas period and discussing what happened in these games, that we're sitting there saying, once again, this is a new chapter of, well, Sarri should have known that the Premier League is a little bit different and you can't do it like in, in Italy because we play more games in that period and you can't stick to your 
to your first 11 all the time. And I'm just a bit afraid that that's, that this is going to happen. But uh, obviously, we have to wait and see what, what is going to happen in, in that regard. Um, I think was also important um, when we um, looking to the upcoming month that we don't lose a lot of players, namely Eden Hazard. Maybe he's not going to leave in the winter transfer window. But, um, I said no, yeah. Yeah, but maybe let's see. Um, do we get anyone in? That could be also crucial to our season. What do you think? Who's like which players are on your lips at the moment? Starting with Jimmy, uh, I've been very persistent in my opinion of who we should get in in uh, January, and I'm going to stay by it. A lot of people are clamoring for a striker, and I understand why they would. But as has been elaborated a million times on Twitter and all the other platforms. There are just simply none available. That would make sense. If we're going to get some half-assed option like Danny Drink, uh, you know, with all due respect yeah. to Danny Drinkwater, then don't do it. You know, Olivier Giroud in January made sense because he will always be our plan B. He's a good plan B. I'll keep him definitely uh, uh, for the next season as well because he just gives you that different option up front if you need it to be. And uh, he does seem as if he's uh, uh, content with uh, fulfilling that role. But if we're not going to get one, then let's 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 keep it real. Mauro Riccardi is not going anywhere. He loves Inter, first of all, and that uh, that 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 clause that everyone's talking about that only works the two week first weeks in July always, not in January. So we'd have to pay I don't know upwards of 120, 150 million for this guy. And while he is a great player, and I'd absolutely love for him to be here, we're not going to pay that in January. The only exclusion, as Alex said the other week, if a transfer ban were to come in. So, realistically, who we would want in January is quite simple. We want a right winger. I would kill for a right winger. People will say, yeah, that might hinder Callum Hudson-Odoi's uh, chances at Chelsea. But let's be real. Whether we're going to get a right winger in, a new winger in or not, Sorry's not going to trust him. So we might as well get at least one in so that we can secure top four and then offer Hudson-Odoi uh, some different options for the next season because let's keep it real. William and Pedro, they ain't going to be around for all that much longer, maybe another year at max. And Hudson-Odoi is only 18 years old, so he's got his whole bloody career in front of him. So if we want to get a right winger in, and that's what we want, uh, I would very much love for, for example, Nicolas Pepe to come in. He's scored an absolute grand goal again at the weekend. Um, I'm not a fan of Pulisic. I'd really like to hear Christian's opinion on him in a minute. <laughs> um, but there are also other... Uh, yeah, because I'll, I'll elaborate on why just in a, in, a, in a sentence in a minute. But I think that's the, the rear area we want to do. I think Leon Bailey, despite not performing too well this season, will be a good option and will be available in, in January because he's not really helping uh, Leverkusen at the moment anyway. Um, they're also, I mean, Fekir's only played there three or four games in the last few years. That doesn't make sense, but I'd get him in nevertheless. Um, there, there are other options for that right wing position where I think we'd be well served to try and acquire those people. Um, but yeah. That, that is the most important thing. I don't think we need one in, someone in defence. Our midfield's packed and great in quantity and quality. Goalkeepers, of course, done and dusted for the next eight years. So it's only the attack that we have to look to. And as a striker doesn't look uh, realistic, let's focus on a winger. An elite winger, not some drink water or backy. Well, I'm not going to slate backy because he did seem like a good one. But uh, Jillo Bodgy or some kind of crap like that. We want an elite winger. And that's our main priority. If we get just this one acquisition in January, I think we're set for the rest of the season. Mm. Now, just to hand it over to Christian, my reasoning why I ask you about your opinion for Pulisic is um, where I uh, write for it, we ain't got no history. Of course, most are Americans. And the hype around Pulisic is... I can't even start to describe what the hype is. Everything is immediately reported on oh this is a great option not even uh, rationally looked at what could actually be the downsides for me and this may sound harsh he's just a younger William his end product is non-existent I know he's only 20 years old he might develop into a great player 
but we don't know that for sure. We said the same with Morata. Yeah, look, well, that brought us. So I think we'd be very ill-advised to spend that much money, 60, 70 plus on Pulisic, while he's actually not even first choice at Dortmund anymore. They're, Dortmund do a great job at getting a lot of money for a player. So, so yeah. yeah, what, what do you think, Christian? Mm-hmm. Well, first, I'm gonna be the. Uh, I'm gonna raise my hand and say my opinion of Christian Pulisic is very biased. I am in love with the idea of an American named Christian playing for my favorite <laughs> club. I'm in love with that idea. I love it. I, I think uh, it's yeah, like a Christian. dream, yeah. you know. But but to be honest with you, like again, I I don't I don't I'm not somebody that watches the Bundesliga or Syria. I watch the big games, but I'm not, I, I, I talked to some of my, uh, some of my friends and they all sit in front of their television all day and watch games from every single league. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. However, I do watch a lot of his highlights. I watch a lot of, and I watch all the national league, the American national league play. And one thing that really, that really concerns me about Christian Pulisic is that a, he has a ton of hype around him and B, when I see him play for the national team, I see a, a kid that has the weight of a nation on his shoulders. But when it comes to Chelsea, like for the national team, he plays in the midfield. He does not he doesn't necessarily play up front. I know that doesn't translate, but he doesn't necessarily play up front on the right wing or whatever. Uh, uh, he doesn't start for Dortmund at all. So for Chelsea, what do I want for Chelsea? I want Chelsea to sign a guy that's going to help our team go forward. Now, if the 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 office, the the player recruitment, whoever is looking at uh, transfer targets, if they, in their mind they're saying, "Look, we need a guy to fit the mold. He needs to be in his late teens, early twenty, that he can grow alongside Callum Hudson Odoi." Um, and the both of them are going to be the pillars for our attack for the next 10 years, then I, I feel like that's that's the thought process I um, I like. I want to hear Chelsea going in, whether that's Pulisic, whether that's Leon Bailey. Uh, I think, you know, uh, whether that's Pepe, but Pepe's just got on my radar. I keep getting DMs and posts about Pepe. This guy's on fire. This weekend, his goal was amazing. He The dude yeah. went coast to coast, coast to coast. It was amazing. So I, I I don't I'm not I'm not the guy to say no this to name a player and say that's our man. But for me, I'm looking for a type of guy, a guy that's gonna grow alongside Colum Hudson Odoi. Uh, he doesn't need to necessarily set the world on fire today. However, he just needs to be somebody that compliments Odoi. So it, it, you know what I want? I want a situation like do, that uh, Bayern Munich have. I feel like. Bayern Munich has been wheeling out uh, Frank Ribery and 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 Ian Robin. Ian Robin, left and right. I feel like they've been playing together at least thirty years. Mm. Every year they play together. That's what I want for Chelsea. That situation is what I want for mm. Chelsea. Two guys to line up for years to come, where we have those two positions set it and forget it. Mm. That's what I, I I understand your your. Your point there, but uh, as I am someone who who watches the German Bundesliga a lot, um, I have to say they have been like robbery. They have been the best um, winger combination that maybe I have ever seen uh, watching football. But yeah. they missed the point, and I'm afraid we are missing the point of of actually finding a good replacement for them. Because um, what they did, they brought in uh, Kingsley Coman. Um, sometime in the past two, three years from, from Juventus, and he looked the real deal in his first season. But then they, they kind of went back and played Robin again, and he, he, he was, since then, since he was in and replaced again by Robin, he didn't look this, to, to, to the same standard as before, and I'm afraid that we bring someone in who actually looks to, to make a name for himself, and I'm a big admirer of Pepe, and I hope he's, he's the one, but then when we chuck him in and then say, "All right, back to the bench with you," because William is playing, I'm I'm afraid that damages the whole thing. We 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 try to we try to build there, and I'm not necessarily sure if that if that is the case. And also, um, another thing or or another concern I have is that if we bring someone in, um, it could be the case that we're saying, "All right, we have a new winger now. 
Now, Hudson Odoi, you go out on loan. And that's no, what no, no, wants no, wants it to be. No. So I, I can no. see that with our board. Funny enough, I can see that because our board, I don't trust them at all. But um, Nini, what, what do you think is the most likely scenario? Who are we going to bring in if we're going to bring in? And how will it play out maybe over the next courses of the of the next season or uh, two years' time? Where will we be with our winger situation? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll try and be quick because I've got some thoughts and opinions on uh, on Pulisic. But um, but yeah, of course, you know, for January, I, I you know, I actually did a video on it like a few days ago. But there's a club strategy. So obviously, you know, you were talking about Akadi and saying that if we tried to sign him, he would cost too much money in January. And obviously, you're right about his clause as well. I think the plan is, is to find uh, a striker that is good enough to replace Maratta and Giroud. But then we'll accept that, you know, he will be the second choice striker for next season. And that's why the club are looking at more experienced players for that role because I guess it's easier that way to really get them to um you know buy into playing for the squads and I think that's why Mertens is high up the list now of course you know I think reports too over the past like few days from the Times as well and um Football Italia and other places like that saying that you know obviously uh you know there is interest from Sari for Mertens I I can say that when it comes to Mertens that's that's the player Sari wants similar to Higuain in the summer um, obviously, Chelsea have their own targets. But again, I haven't had any updates in regards to what's actually happening with that. But I'm sure there's going to be some movement in the future. But I, I like that strategy. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think with Mertens coming in, that could possibly stop Hazard from playing up front. He can play in his best position then, I think. And with Mertens as well, his versatility, you know, he can play on the right, in the middle, on the left. He understands the system already. Uh, you know, he's excelled in it already. Obviously, he's played with uh, Hazard for Belgium. There's a lot of, um, you know, positives and benefits on this deal. And, yeah, I know he's 32, but I think one thing we have to, we have to remember is that, you know, football with, uh, you know, the developments in regards to, you know, uh, players keeping fit and sports science, it's a completely different level right now. So I don't even personally feel a 32-year-old is actually a 32-year-old. I think we could easily get two good seasons out for Mertens before we decided to potentially look for you know, a backup replacement. But um, I think that makes the most sense. Again, you know, when it comes to January, you know, you're a slave to the market. Uh, no club's going to sell their best players unless unless you're spending a crazy amount, like when we signed Torres for, for 50 million from Liverpool, for example. That doesn't happen. So uh, I, I'm expecting it to be Mertens, or if not, then I, I don't know. But um, in regards to Pulisic, I don't know. I feel like... Um, Again, it's not as if he's been the first choice starter at Dortmund throughout the entire season. I think that if he was to make a move now, it's way too soon for him. I think he needs at least another two years at Dortmund, in my opinion, before he decides to, you know, step up and move. I think that there's going to be a lot of pressures and responsibilities. I don't think he's really uh, mastered key parts of his game just yet. And I think when he comes to a club like Chelsea, where, you know, we like to put a lot of fake pressure on players... I don't know if a 20-year-old needs that right now, um, especially because when he comes, he's going to have to learn how you know what, what Saria expects from him. So, I don't know. The Pulisic one, I mean, I can understand why the club will look at him. They're, they're thinking of the long term. You know, They're thinking about, you know, if we sign him now, we can potentially beat off competition in the future for a signature. But at the same time, I don't think he's done enough just yet to really justify the risk right now. And of course... If he signed him in January, he'd cost a fortune. But of course, I think um, I can I forget this every single time. But I think he his fee will be way less in the summer, due to circumstances I completely forgot right now. But um, I don't know, Pulisic. I'm not too sure. I think that if I was him, take your time. There's no rush. You're 20 years old. Don't move to a club like Chelsea just yet. I think it was different for Hazard because he played for Lille for like three seasons and was their key their key player. So it's completely different circumstances. Someone like Neymar as well, a key component at Santos. Pulisic isn't that key component. And you can, you should look at how Dembele is doing at Barcelona and you should just be more patient in my opinion. And I'm, I think Pepe is a realistic one. I, I definitely know that Chelsea are, are really strongly interested in the player. You know, we've sent scouts to see him play. I think recently we sent scouts to watch Leon versus Lille where we were monitoring him. And with uh, with Pepe, he's similar to someone like uh, Pedro in, in the sense that, you know, like in the summer when Leon were going to sign him or wanted to sign him, they were going to use him up front. And that's what Pepe has in his game. Elite movement off the ball. 
he can play up front. He can play out wide. He has the ability to cut inside with his left foot. And I think that's the type of profile we need. We need someone down that right-hand side that has a left foot, that can take shots on goal. I think Pulisic's more of a playmaker right now that's going to support the play. And I don't personally feel that's what we need down the right-hand side just yet. I'm not saying we're anything out for Pulisic. I don't know. I think it should take his time. But I think Pepe is a very interesting one. And of course, Martial, you know, United, you know, they've got a, a deadline. They've got a deadline. They need to try and activate his contract and try and persuade him to sign before it's too late. Otherwise, you know, if, if once word gets out that Martial doesn't want to stay, then I think he becomes a very interesting proposition because we've already spoken to him so many times throughout the summer. So, yeah, it's just really interesting to see what's going to be happening, uh, you know, in January and in the summer. But um, if you ask my opinion, I like the idea of a Martial, Pepe and, and, and Mertens, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, just yeah. regarding Martial, because uh, today it emerged that Man United is going to uh, uh, choose that option of... Yeah, of course. That, that yeah, because yeah, I, I heard yeah. beforehand, too, that, you know, I think I even said it in a video a while back, something about, um, you know, his contract offer is going to be between two hundred to 300000 that's what United want to offer him. And of course, if they do that, that might make Martial really consider his options because obviously, realistically, he won't get paid that type of money coming here. He's not going to get, he's not going to be one of the highest earning players if, if he signs for us. But um, of course, there's things we can offer Martial that he won't get at United, you know, playing up front, uh, being a key player, you know, playing in a system, good football. That would get the best out of him, you know, playing under Mourinho all these years. I'm sure he's sick and tired of, uh, you know, uh, running back all the time. But um, again, I, I want to see what happens with Martial. I'm trying to find out if there's any developments with him. All I know is that we are still interested in the player. Let's pray something happens. But even uh, with, think, yeah. with his versatility, you know, he, he can play on the right when he needs to at times. So I think I, I just, you know, seeing this fluid front three, I've, I've always envisioned us to use a front three like that you know you know you look oh, at yeah. the, the top clubs where you've got guys like Aguero you know strikers that are like wingers in a sense you know like a Suarez that can beat a man that's the type of profile of forward I'd like us to have instead of move, like, moving away from a Drogba you don't get many players like Drogba uh, every decade and I think that if we're going to embrace a new style let's fully embrace it let's not try and yeah. you know keep in some of the old things we used to do yeah, makes let's sense. be modern you know go play Martial up front I think that would suit him perfectly Actually, Pepe reminds me of Malouda a bit. I mean, uh, is I know it's the French league connection, but I mean, Malouda was a great, great servant to a club. Uh, so I, I'm all for 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 acquiring Nicolas Pepe, definitely. I don't. I I, I can't watch Ligue 1. It's it's not really on TV. <laughs> La Liga is not on TV. Serie A with Cristiano Ronaldo in isn't on TV. <laughs> I don't know what I'm paying for, if I'm being honest, but that's a completely different story for another time. But I think from what I've been hearing about Pepe, because, you know, I've got a lot of, uh, you know, one of my my source, basically, you know, he's, uh, you know, he works in the industry, he works with players and agents and stuff. Uh, you know, he's, he's Belgian, um, you know, obviously he's French speaking. And, um, yeah, he's constantly raving about him all the time. And it's, he said it's his movement in the final thirds. He's finishing with his left foot. He can beat a man. So he said that, of course, you know, playing against teams that park the bus, he struggles against. Mm. But he's he's still quite young, and I'm sure you know that's that's why you sign managers like Sari to help these players adapt. So um, yeah, I, I think he'd be a very interesting proposition. Yeah, of course, of course, he would. Yeah, um, maybe to slowly come to an end, slowly but surely here. Um, when we talk about players uh, coming in, we also have to play as, to talk about players going out. Um, Eden Hazard being one, but maybe for the summer. Oh Do God. we see any players in this transfer window, maybe players we want to see uh, leaving the club, going out in fact? Or do we hang on to all of our players currently in the squad? What do you think, Christian? For every single time I, I, I hear, see, read... The, the Eden Hazard not playing for Chelsea, my heart just sinks. No matter if it's this window, January. For me, when it comes to Hazard, I just see, I just like my heart breaks is because I see potential lost, potential wasted. We're not talking about a man, 
like Drew Ogba, like like John Terry, like like Lampard, that reached the highest of highs and then moved on. Yeah. I see a guy that we could have reached the highest highs with him. And now he's still young. He's still, you know, capable within his career to reach those highs. And he's not going to do it with us. Like that just, you know, if, if we had gone all out and we reached Champions League finals and we did this and that and we just came up short, that's one thing. But just feel like we wasted him for so long. And that's what breaks my heart. But this January, I mean, like, I thought a player that should have been off this squad, I don't know how he's still on it. Danny Drinkwater. How is he still playing for us? Like, I guess it, it by this, it's got to be for the English quota. It, it, there's no, it can't be for anything else. Um, I, I, I envision him moving on. Uh, guys like Victor Moses. I mean, Morata. Morata's got to be moving on this January, no? Cahill. 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 Yeah. I think with a lot of these guys, though. It's a pattern, isn't it? All all homegrown. That's a problem. Yeah. Again, when it comes to homegrown, what I was hearing, like, you know, the links with Nathan Aki, I heard there's more um, weight behind them because obviously, you know, we do need more homegrown players. You know, Cahill's definitely going. Nathan Aki could be making a return. Obviously, this is the season where we have to activate his his buyback clause if you want to sign him back. So this would be the window to do that. So I'm, th- I'm thinking there's a, a big possibility for that. Do you know how much he is uh, after the Bible clause? Honestly, I, I can't remember. I think, was it like 40 million or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah something. But I, yeah, but I think, you know, we all know the guys that are leaving. Moses, Cahill, mm-hmm. Drinkwater. I mean, they would have left in the summer if there was more time to find the right deal for them. So they're definitely gone. And I know the club, you know, Giroud's not going to get a new contract. Uh, hearing that Maratta. Obviously, they've been mm. trying to get rid of him. But, mm. you know, the, the thing is, when we when we sign or try to sign a big-name striker in the summer, it's going to depend on how much money we can make from selling these guys. So you, can you see why the club have uh, taken their time in regards to, you know, not just getting rid of them in one window? Mm. Yeah. Uh, for, for me personally, um, I have to break it to you. I absolutely would love to get Nathan Ake back. Uh, for me, he's, he's a modern-day defender as like a hundred percent what you want in a modern day defender and plus that would a massive plus would be a massive plus point to Chelsea. He's also capable of playing as left back and with Marcus Alonso being oh, meh this season and with Emerson, well, you can see Sari tends to trust him now more, but will he ever trust him, trust him a hundred percent? I'm not quite sure. Nathan Ake um, being the great defender he is like for the last season, leading the defensive line for Bournemouth, and Bournemouth is a good team these days, plays very similar football to us, is a ball-playing centre-half, can play left-back, would make so much sense for us. I hope we we do get him back this winter. Would would actually be a great, great transfer for us. Um, Jimmy, do you see anyone moving out for real, like all the players we have addressed? Um, I just want... Yeah, um, I, I... Can't really uh, add anything to what the uh, to everyone else has said. I mean, Drinkwater, Moses, Cahill are the most obvious ones. Uh, Hazard ain't going anywhere, not in January at least. But I think with those three, that makes sense. Um, and I agree with Christian. Why is Danny Drinkwater still here? I mean, he was told by Sari in the in the in the summer already. Hey, you're not the kind of midfield I'm looking for. Why the hell did we not sell him back then? But Probably because be we wanted yeah. a price that wasn't yeah. given. But then cut your bloody losses. He's only going to be less now, worth less now because he hasn't played a minute. It makes no sense, you know. Not even that. Not even that. He's going to cost the club more because it's not like he's been roaming around the grounds for free. The man gets a paycheck every single week yeah. or every two weeks. Yeah. So Crazy. whatever he he whatever his value is. You got to tack on all of his wages on top of that, exactly. and what he's what he's cost the club. So I mean, like, like uh, I I don't I doubt Danny Drinkwater cares, but the man has pulled off a hell of a move with Chelsea. He gets paid tons of money and doesn't do he just hangs out like yeah. that's all he does trains and hangs out like he lives the life that everybody wants to live. 
you get to train, you, you, you're a professional athlete, you get to train, you get to, you get paid to work out, and no risk. You, you're incurring zero risk. So the dude is, he's living the, his best life. Uh, but for the club, the way the club should be run, just as a business, you have an employee that's providing you zero yeah. and then costing yeah. money. Like, that's bad business in any business. You Whether you're a football team or you're just running a popcorn stand or an ice cream truck, that's bad business. Well, I've got to add to that one thing. You know, I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, Danny Drinkwater didn't ask for that transfer. Chelsea came in for him. And, exactly, yeah. And I really have to say one thing. He's been an absolute professional about his whole situation yeah. at Chelsea. He, you know, every player, you know, he's living the life, sure, but every professional wants to play that's what yeah. they're born to do that's what they're trained to do fair, and he has fair. never complained moaned anything to the media think about that fucking diego costa and <laughs> and he's always shown support for the players and the club on social media and you have to give it to him that that really is the kind of player from the personality i'd want all of them to be he's just not the profile we want and to for him, not only for us Chelsea fans and for the club itself, but also for him, I really hope that his situation gets solved so that he can go back to playing proper football again. That's true. That is true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think, um, yeah, like he was saying, I don't think Drinkwater, uh, you know, it wasn't his fault. If anything... It, I feel sorry for the player. I think he was always going to be one of the victims, really, of having a new like identity at the club with someone like Sari involved. You know, this is what happens. You know, it's a, it's a warning to the future when you don't plan properly. You know, you, you get situations like this where you know, isn't he like our fourth or fifth record record signing in our history on good wages? I'm sure he's got clauses clauses in his contract stating that you know he'll get like a. A decent amount of money when he leaves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, cost a fortune, and for what? Because uh, the the club gave in to every manager's demands. You know, you're telling me we couldn't keep Nathaniel Jalaba. Drink water was worth that. What forty million? I mean, uh, I'm 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 really praying that we finally moved away from this type of nonsense that we we're famous for doing. I'm really hoping that next season is going to be a testament to that. Hmm. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, have, I'm not 100% sure now. I mean, as we've all heard who uh, we want to see come in and out, Andy, to, I think the last word before we uh, do our plugs and mm -hmm. say thank you to our lovely guests, do you want, do you want to add who, someone, a name maybe we haven't thought of yet? No, I just wanted to add that um, <laughs> I, I, can see, I can see really drink water moving out and uh, I wish him all the best. Maybe at a retirement club like West Ham, where all the old boys are hanging <laughs> around, um, playing playing in a flat free midfield with Jack Wilshire injury prone, prone and uh, Marky <laughs> Noble maybe. <laughs> Sabalette on the right wing. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's the kind of football he's 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 going to play in the future, and I wish him all the best. But that's that's everything from me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy to. I'm even happy to to keep Cahill. Um, I think every player we have is a benefit to to our squad, and we really should prepare to play more different players in more different games because rotation is key for me. Um, everyone who stays is I'm, I'm I'm happy for for all the players to stay. It's not my money at the end of the day. Guys like Danny Drinkwater are collecting at the end of the of the week. So if they are earning a hundred bucks a week, a uh, hundred thousand bucks rather. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. It's not my money. So that's all from me, I think. If, if they'd be earning 100 quid, then I think Chelsea Football Club would have a big, big problem. Or a good, that would be a good business model. You never know. But but yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Gary Cahill was one of those where you think he, he, he could stay in theory. But he, he wants to leave. I get that and respect that. So oh, yeah. we'll have to wait and see how that... You know what? I, I could say something about Kale because I was hearing this about him last season. And obviously, you know, I'm not like some arrogant prick or nothing like that. But, but of course, I'm very fortunate that, you know, with my YouTube channel that I have been able to meet, you know, uh, some of the right people. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate about that. But I was hearing about Kale last season in particular, too, that, um, you know, he was constantly seeing, uh, you know, sports, uh, like you know, like a sports therapists, you know, and I thought it was so interesting. And I think 
you know, a lot of times, you know, we all have opinions on players who critique them. But I don't think we'll ever really fully appreciate or understand the constant pressure they must be on. I mean, for example, you've got to perform uh, for your team, uh, you know, the media scrutiny, fan scrutiny, because you hear it. There's no way you can hide from it, from you know, in today's social media world. And um, again, you know, obviously, KU has my respects. Yeah, he's been a very good servant for the club. Is it his fault that managers have picked him over other players? Of course not. You know, he kept doing his thing. Um but um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think he 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 wants to move right now. I don't think he's so he's not very happy right now at this moment in time. Okay, well, I mean, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you all on. Um, unfortunately, our time's more or less up. We've already had a bit more uh, to speak about, of course, and that took more time. So we're a bit already over the initially intended uh time frame we set ourselves but that's okay because it was a very good discussion i'm gonna say from andy and me thank you very much for coming on so we will now end things as we always do namely with our plugs um christian as we like to give our guests a platform to also say where they can find you on the social media tell us where where our listeners can can find you all right, my uh, my Twitter handle. I'm always, I'm constantly, constantly, constantly on my phone on Twitter. So any messages, any tweets you send them, I'll see them. And that's all American CFC on Twitter. Um, I have an Instagram account. I haven't started firing it up yet, but uh, you can find me on Instagram as well at All American Chelsea and on my podcast at All American uh, Chelsea Podcast. Uh, that's where you can find me. Very much encourage all our listeners to subscribe and follow Christian and his All-American Chelsea podcast. It's definitely worth a listen. Go and do that immediately. And of course, Nini, where can we find you? Uh, hi, everyone. Nini FC. Uh, my YouTube channel is called Blue Lions TV. That's Blue Lions, like, you know, the lion. Um, yeah, of course, I speak about transfer news, uh, tactical reports, match reviews, previews discussions, live streams, literally everything that you'd want in a fan channel. So, you know, if that sounds like your cup of tea, I'm sure I've got a video for you. <laughs> I, I mean, once again, can only encourage everyone to subscribe and follow on on uh, your social media accounts. There's, there's always some insight that you might not know of before. And then, oh, oh Nini's got a new, some new scoops. So I, I always look forward to your new videos. I'm sure I speak for everyone here. So, yes, very much. Please do subscribe and follow uh, the lads. And, of course, subscribe to the Attacking 2 podcast. We're now on YouTube. Please give us a subscription. Uh, click on the notification bell. And also follow us on Twitter at Attacking2Pod. Give us a good rating on iTunes. That will also be massively appreciated. Um, yeah, I think that's all for us today. And... Once again, thank you very much to Christian Nini for coming on. We'll have a lot to talk about in the next few weeks. We'll be doing a new podcast on Thursday with Simon Phillips that will be uploaded on Friday. Then we'll have a break for Christmas and we'll be back on the 30th with a We Ain't Got No History special where we'll be previewing the upcoming transfer window in January. Thank you for listening and keep the blue flag flying high.